Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, Claudia, back for week two on Good Leaders in Bad Times. That's right. Last week we talked about um, problem solving begins in the mirror. So kind of looking at ourselves and how we may be contributing to the leadership issues in our own circles. You know, it's easy to be a good leader in good times because everything's going your way. But in bad times, um, it gets a little complicated. So what we want to observe next, you know, when we critique leaders is, you know, the kind of the reactive style they have to problems when they come up or things people do. And you try, you want the problem to go away. So today we're going to spend a little time looking at trying to solve the issues that are behind the problem and going deeper than the presenting issue or the symptoms of the cold and get at curing what caused it. Well, it seems to me though, that we see problems as the end to of themselves. If we fix that one thing that at least in companies, I should say, or in, in work situations that if we fix what the problem is, then we fix the problems ever happening again. Right. But we know that doesn't work. We who are parents, right? We know that doesn't work. Getting the child to stop whining doesn't solve. That just gets rid of the whining. You don't deal with the underlying issue or behavior. It's just going to happen again. That's part of growing up. We do that as adults too. And we just want the employee to stop complaining or we want the budget to stop being busted and everyone to keep it within expenses. And we just look at the one thing that's not working and we want it fixed. So how do we do that? How do we kind of wrap our heads around a problem? What are the sorts of things we should look at in order to see what, what's really behind them? Well, you want to become an asker of good questions. This is the leadership skill that's key in this area, is you're not looking for answers. If you jump right to looking for the answer, you're, you're doing this overlooking. You're going to run into this overlooking problem. But if you become an asker of good questions, then you become an explorer. And if you're not looking for simple answers, then you can just start gathering clues. You can just get gathering information finding out from people what happened and when, what complicated it, what came up along the way, you know, what decisions were made and by whom. And by exploring, you can start finding, down, finding out where things broke down without having to stop your thinking at any point. And what you will find for most things is it's rather complex and it's a combination of things that came together in an unfortunate way. Some of them might be accidental, and some of them might have to do with what sort of client you have. And some, yes, some may be mistakes people made that need to be corrected or you know, retrained, or you might need to confront. But the whole, just the attitude of being a question asker and an explorer sets you free to um, be present and look around in ways that just fixing it, making it stop, won't allow you to do. I imagine that there is a way that we ask questions that, um, because I've been asked questions before in situations like, where did this go wrong? What happened? What were, you know, that did not seem to be interrogating questions. (laughs) They were more like, you know, fix it, you know, like, as in, how could you let this happen? And I can imagine that this kind of question is a little bit different. It's more trying to get through the root of something, not necessarily blaming right away. Exactly. So you're setting up a different kind of dynamic. If it's a mystery, if it's complicated and you're trying to lay everything out and move the pieces around and understand what went on, then it's something everybody can get involved in and help out with, and you will all learn something out of it. 
if, as you described, you're doing more of an interrogation and looking for blame, see, you are looking, that's what I call, you have an answer in mind. And the answer is, someone's at fault and I need to find out who it is and hold them accountable. You've already jumped to a conclusion. And what we're suggesting is hold off on the conclusion because it cuts your thinking off and stay more on something that's positive and construction constructive for everyone. That though something bad happens and there's a problem on the table, um, the process of actually figuring out how we got into that situation is a lot more complicated. It's going to keep happening until we get to the underlying cause. So to merely fix it or to merely stop the symptom is not going to change things in the future. And that is your leadership responsibility. That is where you have to step in and say, what we need to be about is getting to the underlying cause. I would be letting you down. I would be letting us all down if I let us settle for just finding someone to blame or just removing the symptom. In a culture that's kind of used to pointing the finger and blaming that this approach might be a little difficult at first. You may meet some resistance with people just saying, well, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know. I mean, that kind of, you know, protection. Yeah, maybe we should have started our conversation with what we've planned to be the last topic, which because what you're describing is a workplace culture of fear and blaming. You're describing the traditional top-down accountability so that things don't go right. Everyone up is asking the person just below them what happened to ask the person below them what happened. And everyone's afraid to say anything because if you were involved in any way, there's going to be some kind of fallout. So yes, you're exactly right. If you've got that kind of culture where there's going to be a repercussion, a negative repercussion for being honest, no one's going to be honest. And again, pointing back to last week, looking in the mirror, you set that up. You set that up. You created a situation where people cannot be honest, and then you're surprised that no one will share. You don't blame them for not participating. You created a situation where no one wants to participate. So yeah, that's very important to confront. Thank you. Well, I've heard you say this before and, you know, talking about, you know, when people don't want to talk, your employees may be in the wrong in a certain way. But I think what you're, I mean, what we've talked about before is that there is a balance of power that is an issue here. So what if they're wrong? If you want them to not be wrong, you, you make that positive. That's learning. That's not failing. And you don't punish, you train, you address, you give instructions. Those are all positive, constructive things that people expect when they're accountable for doing their job. And when they don't do it, they're held accountable. But when accountability takes the form of punishment or blame, you know, people shut down and they protect themselves. And because most problems are more complex than being simply able to find the mistake maker, um, you don't do this thinking can't go on this kind of exploring what combination of things came together here. They got it because everyone's, you know, afraid. So you've got to, be intentional about setting up a different sort of culture where it's safe to be a mistake maker. And if you, you know, to speak to the leader that's truly concerned about their employees just kind of shutting down on them, you know, if there's people who do not want to work, then you have to confront that fact. This person does not want to work. Well, we need people who want to work. So there will be cases where that person does not get to retain their employment. There are, you know, that's valid. That's valid. But most people do want to work and most people make mistakes and there's a way forward. If you can talk about it and do exploring and make it a learning process instead of a a blaming process. Well, next week we're going to be discussing a little bit more about 
how to actually to reach out to our employees and to be more connected with them. We are going to turn your world upside down. Get ready to be rocked. But I guess I would like to say on the final note that the issue of problems are always a part of our working situation. Always. It's normal. And I think there is one thing I think we didn't mention is there's a way to differentiate between some problems that are just one-time problems. Sometimes people are unhappy with a certain product or a certain level of service, but that may be a one-time thing. It doesn't mean you have to revamp your company. Because your thinking and your exploring will reveal that it's a one-time thing. There, there aren't major complications underlying it. But you hit the nail on the head with the change of references. Problems are normal. Problems are not the problem. So if you think normal is everything going smoothly, every day at work is going to be a huge disappointment. Every day at work is going to be a nightmare. But when problems are normal, then when they come up, you just start exploring and dealing with them and and making a better uh, workplace. Well, we talked a little bit about if you are trying to change a little bit of your leadership style or at least adapt some of the things we've been talking about then and you're used to a culture perhaps you did not create but you walked into that is a culture of blame and and fear then um next week we'll be talking about ways to sort of help you with your employees get through that exactly and we'd love to come alongside you give us a call let's talk about what's going on in your firm together come to the website comment on the the blog and let's get in a relationship and make your workplace work for you we'll see you next time this podcast is a bold enterprises production 